Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse. 97.7, 100.1 97.7, FM, 1200 AM, 1440 AM. You can also listen to us online at as where you can get our podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Just look for ESPN Syracuse and uh, go search for ESPN Syracuse and then look for players only. You can also listen to us on the ESPN app as well. I'm Matt Slocum, joined by my co-host, Ryan Story, and we're down to the final week of the regular season in winter sports. Yes, we are. In high school. Oh, boy. This is going to get fun, fun, fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it actually kicked off a little bit with uh, wrestling. That's what we're going to kick off with uh, today. Um, Section 3 had their, uh, I guess you could call it class invitational, yeah, invitational. championships. Yep. It's still it's still a team, still a team based event. It's not individual stuff. Mm-hmm. It is it, well. It's, I take that back. It is individuals, individual. but there's team scoring it's, as well. Yeah, team scoring yes. as well. So think of it as an invitational. Mm-hmm. And um, Cicero North Syracuse, we start with Double A. They won on their home turf. Yep. And they had a score of one ninety five point five. Last year's champs, JDCBA, came in second. 188 points, so that's a seven and a half point difference right there. Liverpool placed third with 167. Beville took fourth at 120. West Jenny finished uh, in fifth. Those are your top five. Mm-hmm. And uh, for for Cicerone Syracuse, all wrestlers reached the podium. All of their wrestlers, and and there's like 12, 13 different weight classes, and all but two. Are moving on to the uh, state qualifier at the SRC Arena this coming weekend. Yeah, they just have a loaded roster. You look at some of the players or some of the wrestlers there. Camden Bembry, especially at the two fifteen uh, weight class, he's arguably their best pound for pound wrestler. You've also got Anthony Cicerelli, um, oh, uh, Aiden Sprague, and Drew Baker, um, all just really shining in this. Uh, in this sectional in these classes, yeah, Aiden Sprague at 160 pounds, by the way, beat uh, Liverpool's Dante Malozzi in the title bout, mm-hmm. one one by a three one decision. That's not bad. And uh, head coach uh, Dave Wise at CNS uh, said, uh, "Quote about Aiden. Aiden's peaking at the right time. The hope is he keeps that momentum in a tough bracket at mm-hmm. the state qualifier." Yeah, and. That's that's high praise for for a kid who um, is doing this sort of thing, and it's and it's awesome. Oh, 100%. it's awesome to see that all around this class double A uh, bracket was really fun, just in terms of the amount of competition from every weight class and every team. Really, there, I'd say there were four teams that all had a shot of hoisting the class double A title. Where you look at CNS, obviously was the favorite coming in, but then also JDCBA had a good shot. Um, you saw Liverpool 4-0 in the regular season. Yeah. And then even Auburn had three separate um, first-place finishers uh, in sectionals. So, uh, honestly, four teams had a shot. CNS was, I think, overall the best team, and that's why they ended up hoisting the title. But uh, anyone could have won it. Yeah, and, and, and again, 
now that they go into the state qualifiers, it's, it's that's a tournament where anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely anything can happen. Because now you've just uh, you've weeded out all of the wrestlers who aren't on the same level, and now you've just got the best of the best. There you go. And that's all that matters. On to the Class A tournament. Took place at Indian River. Uh, Carthage ended up winning the team title. Mm-hmm. Uh, the comments had individual champs at 102 pounds with Ryan Munn at a 4-3 decision. Aiden Downing at 110 pounds, a 10-0 major decision. Shea Sinatier at 126 pounds, a 2-0 decision. And Logan Munn at 132 pounds, a 5-4 decision. So not bad for uh, Carthage yeah. coming away with uh, that one. And Indian River and Carthage, by the way, um, I, I want to say they're rivals. Yeah, they are. Indian River and Carthage is one of the, honestly, one of the best rivalries in Section 3. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get talked about enough. But, um, yeah, I'm surprised Indian River didn't put up uh, more of a fight in this one because Indian River, I thought, heading into the season was the favorite in yeah. A wrestling. Uh, they looked like um, the best team, especially at the lower weight classes. I didn't think they had enough depth at the higher weight classes, only having a couple guys like Davin Dwayne. But especially at the lower, I thought they would dominate there, and they really didn't uh, do as well as I thought they would. Yeah. On to Class B now. Uh, mm-hmm. Central Valley Academy hosted it and won it. Yep. Uh, with the team title. T- uh, title winners, individual winners. Jacob Hurd at 102 pounds, 14 2 major decision. Uh, Gene Edwards at 118, pin at the three minute mark. There you go. Mm-hmm. Six Cook at 152 pounds, uh, 16 nothing technical fall at 411. Cole Wheat, 160 pounds uh, due to an injury default. And Ethan Randall at 189 pounds with a pin at a minute 59. So not bad at all when you have five winners uh, right there. And I think Central Valley Academy could really make some noise, at least at Class B in the state qualifier. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last week, how uh, CVA was the dual meet champions Mm -hmm. for uh, D2. And so now in the Class B tournament, uh, beating some really good teams like Homer had a great squad this year, especially led by Sam Sorensen at the 215 weight class, where he's arguably the best wrestler in the section. Now, Sorensen did pick up his um, sectional title on on the individual level, but CVA just all around with guys like Gene Edwards and Six Cook, just and also Ethan Randall, just really able to come together and uh, enough points were scored to give them the uh, victory. Yep, that's all it takes. Mm-hmm. That's really all it takes. Camden a- also had a good uh, roster, too. Yeah. Can't count out their guys. Class C uh, was hosted by Little Falls and Adirondack ended up winning the team trophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Isaac Cronaser at 215 pounds with a pin at 321. Colin White at 285 with a fall at the 22nd mark, 26 second mark. Each made it to the top of the podium for uh, the Adirondack Wildcats uh, in Class C. Yeah, I mean, uh, they didn't really have too many sectional champions, only two. But yeah. both, they both came at the two highest weight classes, 215 and 285. So they were able to dominate there at the upper end. Uh, they didn't really have too much competition. Uh, a bunch of teams really just ate away at each other's points. We saw Holland Patton, Casanova, General Brown all kind of eat away at each other and really just set up Adirondack for a pretty smooth sailing run. And finally in Class D, Canastota went to the uh, Class D tournament at Cooperstown and went home as team champs. Mm-hmm. Coley Bellino, 132 pounds, uh, with a pin at the 25-second mark. Logan Mead at 152 with a pin at 521. And then Scott Winchell at 160 pounds with a pin at 145 uh, with individual titles there for uh, Canastota. 
So not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all when you have three individual winners Very like that. Very good showing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interclass tournament is scheduled for next Saturday at the SRC Arena, which is the state qualifier as well. Um, so a lot of things, a lot of things at stake now. Now instead of, because now you have all your uh, class winners, now they have to compete against each other mm-hmm. uh, in order to qualify to represent Section 3 in the states. Yeah, uh, which is coming up. It's yeah, again, just I talked about it earlier, but it's the best of the best. Uh, you see these player or these wrestlers who, uh, they're all season they've been competing against players just as warm ups because this is what it all comes down to. It comes down to can you beat the guys at your weight class who are just as good of you, who have put just as much dedication into their craft as you have, and that's where we see the best matchups happen. Yeah, and this is this is going to be a huge one. I mean, again, you have you have the state qualifier next weekend, and then if you qualify for states, you're on your way to Albany mm-hmm. the following weekend uh, at MVP Arena, and uh, yeah, and to represent uh, the section in in the states is it's every single wrestler's goal, mm-hmm. and that's what you look forward to. That's what you build towards. Yep. Uh, every single year. Um, real quick, we got a little bit of time left. I want to look uh, at the new boys ice hockey state poll yep um we'll be talking more about ice hockey in the the days to come because their season uh is essentially coming to an end uh pretty soon i want to say also this week yep um but two section three teams moved up uh in division one ballinsville rose a slot to number nine yeah you had uh called them beating west genesee last week that was a huge win yeah that was a huge win now i think beville is cemented as uh Probably the number one team in Class AA, even though I'd say, uh, or not Class AA, uh, Division uh, One, but uh, uh, I'd still no. say West Genesee is the better team. Yeah. But right now, if you were to do a seeding, I think you'd have to put Beville on top. Right? I, 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 well, the, the thing is, they split the two meetings. I mean, I, Ooh, I, that's true. What, what, the, what? The, and West uh, Genesee won their matchup by more. Yeah. So. What, what the seeding committee will look at is essentially since they split the series between the two, they, mm-hmm. they don't play each other again. Yep. Uh, at the end of the year. It it really comes down to the last game of the season. If West Jenny, if, if both teams win, then the seeding committee is going to have a really really hard time pinning who where. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, do you give Bowensville a home game? Do you give West Jenny a home game? I say, you know what, it, it, you're going to have a lot of teams make it in D one. Yeah, I give both teams a bye. Yeah, they. I really would. They probably will. Doesn't really matter what seed you give them. Give both teams a bye. It looks like it's going to be open seeding. I believe. Um, but, um, yeah, you just look at the two teams where they've dominated the entire season except for versus each other, where Beville, again, only the one loss on the season to West Tennessee. Jenny only has one Section 3 loss. They have two non-section losses. So, as of right now, I think you'd have to give Beville the one seed, but they do have a tough matchup against Syracuse and also yep. a decently tough matchup against Ithaca, where West Tennessee looks like they're going to be able to roll through these final two games so I see Jenny winning out. Beville might not, and I think if Beville drops one of those two games, West Tennessee re-jumps them as the number one seed, but uh, you never know. Yeah. Uh, in Division Two, by the way, Cortland Homer climbed to six, so they only went up one slot in the state poll. Yep. In Division Two, after three being number seven for three straight weeks. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing with Cortland Homer. They've won seven straight and eight their last nine. Yeah. which is impressive in of itself. I think they're going to be tough to beat. 
I mean, I'm still hoping it's a skating Atlas Cortland Homer final. And it in, looks like it will Memorial. be. The CBAJD looked like they were going to be the big contenders, but having lost five of the last six, yeah. not looking good for the brothers. Yeah. And in terms of Section 3 teams overall in the polls, again, we mentioned Beville's nine. West Jenny is still 10. They actually dropped two spots mm-hmm. yep. uh, in Division 1. And on Division 2, Skinny Atlas remains at number 4 in the state. Fair, fair. And Corland Homer again up a spot. But uh, CBAJD is now in a tie mm-hmm. for 16th in the Honestly, state. that's a little generous based and, on the recent play. Yeah, and, and I think JDCBA has now lost two of their last three. Uh, yeah, again, uh, they've lost all of their past they, three, and then, again, five of them. Yeah, they they lost to, who did they lose? They lost to Cortland Homer. They lost to Cortland Homer, and actually a great game by the brothers, 6-5 to five, lost mm. at Cortland Homer. Yeah, but they also they also lost they another also, game. Oswego, 7-4, Casnovia, 6-4, and then New Hartford, 3-2, to two, and obviously Skinny Ellis, 3-0. Yeah, losing to Oswego, that's got to hurt yep. if you're JDCBA, because Oswego's not really, having a really good year. And that just looks really bad on your resume. It, it do, yeah, it doesn't, mm. and... Ouch. Mm-hmm. That, that, that loss right there, I yeah. think, killed a lot of momentum. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll have Natalie Peterson from ESM Volleyball join us. Um, it's not the first time we've had a volleyball player, but I, I think it's going to be kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, she's going to join us here. We usually have our guests on in the third segment of our show, but she apparently has a soccer practice that starts at 8.30. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to get her on as soon as we can. So... Players only will return after this short break here on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1. This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1. And we're now joined by Natalie Peterson of ESM Volleyball. Welcome to the show, Natalie. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, finally got over the cold from Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, well, let's get down to business. Obviously, ESM Volleyball is having a really, really good year this year. Um. So how how do you think the season has gone for you so far? You know, uh, you know, so recap the season in general. Um, I think we really started off strong and I think especially the work in the off season really helped us really start strong and just build up from there. Mhm. And uh your team has played Played a ton of tough competition this year, uh, especially Whitesboro, um, the team that eliminated you guys in your run last year. So which team would you say gives you the toughest uh, competition? Um, I feel like mentally it's either Whitesboro or New Hartford just because we know that they're good already. Mm-hmm. And so we really have to push ourselves to know that we can beat them. I think that's just the hardest part is – we can beat them. We just have to believe that we can. You know, and in terms of how things have gone so far, um, uh, do you really think there's any improvement as we uh, that either you have have to make as an individual player, or uh, or do you think of the team as a whole uh, heading into postseason play? Um, I definitely think we have areas to grow, and we're definitely working on that in practice. Um, probably just continuing to work hard 
like for every point and just eliminating those easy mistakes that we may give. But I think we're really looking good for postseason. Yeah, and as one of the seniors on this team, you have that playoff experience. How have you taken a leadership role for some of the younger players on the roster? Um, I think just kind of helping them through practice and like showing leadership on the court with like talking and cheering for every point and just kind of being a leader. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in the last game you uh, you did uh, that you had, which was last week, uh, you beat. Uh, Utica Proctor three nothing in that one. Uh, you had four aces uh, in that game as well as twenty four assists. So where do you feel you do better at? Do you feel better uh, serving the ball or just helping your team out in general? Um. Well, usually I'm not an ace person. I usually just try to get the ball in. So I guess getting four aces was kind of nice. But I don't know. I feel like my role is just kind of setting the ball up for other people and giving them the best opportunity for them to get the kill or something. <laughs> yeah, and so um, you have a bunch of really good players on uh, ESM. It's a pretty young team, but also you definitely have some veteran leadership. Who are some of the players who improved the most from last season when they were there? You've seen them really take a big step up from last year to this year. Um. I have to say that I was really surprised by our freshman, Camille. Mm-hmm. Um, she's really, like, I, no one was expecting that. Um, I also think that Emily Murnane also really improved a lot, as well as pretty much everyone on the team. Like like I yeah. said, the off season, we've really been working hard, and I think that really shows in our play. Okay, and obviously you've traveled to uh, a lot of different schools uh, in order to play these games. So, which 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 uh, school besides your own uh, has like the best gymnasium or the best atmosphere for a volleyball game? Mm, I don't know. I feel like the best was probably Chittenango, but mm-hmm. just because there were so many like fans there that really made the gym really loud and just like really exciting especially when we won. It was just like, you could feel the energy in the air. Yeah, Chinningo definitely has a great fan base. And so I know uh, you compete in both volleyball and soccer. How do you balance uh, participating in two different sports where it takes a lot of uh, time and commitment? Um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of commitment there, but I just love playing, so I feel like that motivates me to put the time and commitment into it. Yeah. And and uh, and how do you balance, you know, a lot of kids seem to struggle with this, uh, you know, trying to balance, you know, sports and 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 schoolwork and then any other after school activities they do. How do you manage to to keep that uh, to keep that balance in play and, and not let yourself be dominated by one thing or the other? Um, definitely just Time management. I mean, I've been playing my whole life and playing multiple sports my whole life. So it's, it definitely like took practice and mm-hmm. it's definitely easier now because I've been through it my whole life. So just, just like taking advantage of the time I have and not, and making sure just everything's done. 
And I mean, speaking of uh, just how you've been committed to these sports your whole life, uh, at the next level, you're committed to Catawba College to play soccer. I believe that's a D1 school, right? Uh, am I D2. correct? D2. Oh, D2, yeah. It was, it was yeah. either D1 or D2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so what yeah. set Catawba apart when it came to deciding your college of the future? Um. Well, it's in North Carolina. It's been my dream to play in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, and really just like the atmosphere of the team and the coach. And I went to an ID camp there and it just, it felt right. Just because of like the family atmosphere and like the campus itself. Yeah. So do you, uh, do you have a, uh, do you know what you're going to be majoring in college or is you're still undecided right now? Um, I'll be majoring in administration of justice. Ah, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. So that being said, have have you thought about this for a while? Uh, did you wanted to go in, uh, into a, into a law background or was this something that sort of developed over time? Um, I pretty much have always wanted to be a police officer my whole life. Like, I really don't know why that came, but it's just been the number one dream of mine. So I feel like this is going to help me get there. Nice. And has there been any one person who's been an inspiration either on the volleyball court, on the soccer field, or just overall in your life? Uh, who's been your biggest inspiration, would you say? Um, Probably my best friend. Um, She's actually in college right now, but she had three knee surgeries and had to stop playing soccer and I saw what kind of toll that took on her so it's, she's really my motivation to keep going mm-hmm. wow um, <clears throat> that's just a great inspiration right there yep uh, to, you know to, to, to go through three knee surgeries three of them yeah I, I want to be able to survive one really I mean but to go through three and yet still be able to play that's amazing in of itself. Well, Natalie Peterson, uh, we didn't really want to keep you for too long since you got practice coming up, which is like less than five minutes away. Um, so, but thank you so much for appearing on the show and uh, good luck the rest of the way if, if we don't get a chance to talk with you again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Take care. We'll be right back with more Players Only presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1 FM. Don't go away. This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Welcome back to Players Only presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7, 100.1 FM. And now, since we're only one week away, mm-hmm. one week away from the postseason, we need to start talking about potential seating. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, all Section 3, both boys, girls, boys and girls basketball brackets are going to be open. Yes. That means regardless of record, everybody gets into the postseason, mm-hmm. which, again, is, it's fair for everybody. Yeah, it really is, and it looks like this is the new norm now. It, it and it, and it, and I want it to be the new norm mm-hmm. because <clears throat> I think I think it's kind of unfair that you have you know twelve teams that make it with a four hundred record or above, and and then there's like two or three teams that didn't, and they're sitting out the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess the one benefit is 
those players who play sports in the spring, now they have a chance to rest up before they, before they get into the spring sports season mm-hmm. instead of worrying about participating in the playoffs. But, you know, I, I kind of like this open bracket. And again, thing. it's great for the players who uh, this is maybe their senior year and they've played for a struggling team. Now yeah. it makes their last game, instead of some meaningless regular season game for a 4-13 and team, instead it's you get your chance to compete in the playoffs mm-hmm. and you just get to keep going until you're finally run out of gas. Yeah, and, and that's exactly how it goes. Mm-hmm. So let's look at double A. We Since... 14 teams will get in. I mean, I th- the seating committee is going to have a fun time seating this bracket. Yep. I'm pretty sure at least the top seed, if not the top two, will get a bye into the into the next round. Yep. Maybe even more so. Um, but if you look at the top right now, not much really has changed. West Jenny is still one. Liverpool is still two. Uh, Nottingham is still three. Yep. Um, Cicero North Syracuse is at four. Uh, CBA is at five. Um, so really the top five doesn't really look like it's changed much. Mm-hmm. Um, any surprises here though that you think, um, I guess any teams that could make some noise and maybe upset a couple teams here? Well, I mean, we've all talked about <coughs> the favorites here with Liverpool, Washington City, even Nottingham now has jumped up into that, uh, top tier category, but looking at maybe some teams that can pull off upsets, Baldwinsville is definitely an upset-heavy team where they've had a bunch of them this year, but I don't really think they can uh, make a deep run into the in the playoffs. Uh, Corcoran is a team where I think they could make a deep run into the playoffs. They just really need to uh, build up the rest of that team around Amir Reeves and Jaden Holloman. But yeah, outside of that, it's a pretty top-heavy uh, class double-A field where, it's again, as teams you mentioned, it's the Liverpools, Jennies, Nottingham's, and then FM, CNS, CBA, all kind of rounding it out there. Yeah, and Bowensville, they're 6-11 and now in the year. <clears throat> They've lost their last five in a row. Yep. Um, But they weren't by much. I mean, the one game, really, that the, there were really two games that they really could have won. Mm-hmm. They could have beat FM. They lost them by five. And they could have beat the North Stars. They lost to them by six. Mm-hmm. And they also could have beat Henniger. Yep. They lost by seven there. These are games that, you know, and, and, and you know, Beeville's got three left on the docket before the end of the season. They're at Corcoran, home against Nottingham, home against Jamesville DeWitt. I don't expect them to beat, I don't expect them to beat the Bulldogs mm-hmm. on the 10th. But Corcoran and JD, those are two, those are two games that you really got to win yep. in order to establish some momentum here if you're Baldwinsville. Um, that being said, though, this really is, I think it's its a top four right now between West Jenny, Liverpool, Nottingham, and Cicero North Syracuse. Uh, and the reason why I say that, uh, in particular the North Stars, is because, well, you know, hey, the North Stars are 12-5, and five, yet, you know, they, they've beaten some really good opponents. Yeah, but they've also lost in manners that I have not been impressed by. Mm-hmm. Both the losses to West Tennessee have not been particularly close games. No. Uh they have had a clo- they did have a close game against Liverpool with Andreo Ash in the lineup. Now with Andreo Ash out, they head to Liverpool on the seventh in what should be a fun game uh, this <laughs> yeah. upcoming Tuesday. Oh yeah. So, you know, if they're able to beat Liverpool I think that then you can say they jump into that top four. As of right now, though, I'd say they're still in the safely behind the top three in that second tier. Yeah, and, and again, I think it's really going to come down to one of three teams. Well, 
you know, I'll say one of four. And again, it's it's Jenny, Liverpool, Nottingham, and CNS. It's going to be one of those four teams taking the title. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to put money on it, I, I would go with Liverpool. Mm-hmm. I think Liverpool's got a really good team this year. They're led by a former Syracuse basketball player in Ryan Blackwell. This is this is a team that has come so close, so close to winning it all. This is the year that they'll do it. I have to still side with West Tennessee here. I think the difference is just the amount of star power on West Tennessee. They have four players in their starting lineup who on a lot of teams would be the best player on their team with Christian Kane, Jordan Kane, Christian Amika, and then even Gary McLean, where that's four players right there who are just untouched. And you see players like Gary McLean getting looked over just because he's really the fourth option on this team where he's an extremely talented passer and scorer. So West Tennessee all around has a fantastic roster. Yeah. Now we look on to Class A and, you know, it's really three teams. Three teams at the top. Bishop Grimes, Central Square, New Hartford. Class A only has 13 teams uh, in its class, so I'm assuming everybody's going to get in here as well. Uh, But it's really those three teams, Grimes, Central Square, and New Hartford, uh, at the top of this list. Fulton is not really at a safe four, really. Mm -hmm. Because I think, you know, JD and Syracuse Academy of Science, they're right there. Like, mm-hmm. literally, there. Yep. Uh, ESM at 7, Carthage at 8, Whitesboro 9, Utica Academy of Science at 10, Watertown, Oswego, and Indian River rounding up the bottom three. Um, But, you know, the, the middle of the pack from 4 to 11, it's really tight. Really tight in the middle of the pack. So, which one of these teams do you think has a chance to upset maybe one of the big three, as we'll call them, Grimes, Square, and New Hartford? I don't really know, but I think this, out of the five classes, I think A is probably the most, I don't know, dull, I'd say. Because I think New, or Bishop Grimes is far and away the best team yeah. here. You've got, as you mentioned, a couple other teams with Central Square and New Hartford who can give them a run. But I think Bishop Grimes, like, I don't really think they've been contested at all for the number one slot since the start of the season. A team that I think is not being talked about nearly enough is Carthage. Only a 9-9 and record for them, but that's just because of a couple losses recently. They've actually dropped their past four and five of their past six. But I still think this team is much better than what their record says. You've got a player in Trenton Walker who has been insanely consistent for them and uh, just a great scorer on the season. He's averaging over 20 points per game. And when you have a player like that, anything is possible. So behind senior Trenton Walker... I'd say this Carthage team makes the final four of Class A. That's my prediction for them. Yeah, looking looking at the record again, as you said, nine and nine uh, on the campaign so far. I mean, they've lost four in a row. They're sort of in the same boat as Bowensville, really. Mm-hmm. Um, they've lost their last four in a row. Uh, they probably could have beaten General Brown. Uh, General Brown, they lost both games to. The first, General Brown's a good team. Yeah, General Brown's a good team. But they in the first matchup back in January, they lost one by two points. And then in the rematch, they lost to him by eight. I really think they could have uh, done a better job. They got one more game at Messina. They got a chance to finish above 500, Mm -hmm. which I think would be great momentum heading into the tournament. Uh, In terms of them being a surprise team, uh, that's a little bit up for grabs. Yeah. Um, I think really one of the teams that I think might make a run at any of the big three, um, I'm leaning towards two. Fulton and Jamesville DeWitt. Jamesville DeWitt... 
they've had a good success record, and they seem to blossom, especially late True. in the season. Um, so I'm looking at the Red Rams in particular. The, the Red Raiders at Fulton, they're having a pretty decent year too. So mm-hmm. I'd, I'd watch out for them as well. But again, I, I think Class A is going to run through either Grimes, Central Square, or No Hartford. Grimes, as you said, is, is probably the overwhelming favorite to win it all. I tend to agree with that. I think Grimes is going to have a great run through the tournament. And, you know, again, only time will tell. Fair. Yeah, that's definitely a good opinion. Yep. So on to Class B now, uh, 24 teams, uh, which would really be a fun bracket. Central Valley Academy still unbeaten. Mm-hmm. Can you believe it? Yeah. We're still unbeaten. Uh, Chenango, though, right behind them at number two. General Brown at three. There's really, like, a lot of good teams. I mean, the top eight teams in Class B are all really, really good. And then you continue to go on down the list. Um, even even some teams that have not really good records are really good. Uh, could really make a dent here. Utica Notre Dame at 17, even though they're 5-11, and 11, same thing with Mexico. They can make a decent run if they get hot. Yeah, you're 100% right when it comes down to it. And it's just Class B is probably uh, top to bottom the uh, most heavily loaded field, where especially at the top, because it's just so much talent up there where it's like good teams are being pushed down. Like Clinton right now is the eight seed. They have a 13-3 and three record. They really should be higher. Like you and I, but they there's no one higher. you can put them over other than maybe maybe Camden. But like that's the only team I think they have an argument to be over because obviously you look at the top three in CVA, Chittenango, and then you got General Brown and West Hill. I think those four are pretty much cemented as the top four. But then Marcellus has upset so many teams, including both Chittenango and West Hill. Then you've also got Lowville with a great player in Brody Brown. So it's just tough to be be choosing between these teams and that's why i think class b really is uh, honestly it's i don't even think you can choose a final four uh if you were making your predictions now because it's just there's going to be so much uh diversity and change uh from the start of the playoffs to what we see at the end of the playoffs yeah there's so much talent in this class Mm -hmm. and that and that's what you like about this when you have so many good teams especially near the top tier of the class, mm-hmm. this is going to be fun. Even though Central Valley Academy is unbeaten, and a lot of people would say, you know, unbeaten, they're they're going to be the top of the charts all day long. I don't really think that's the case. I mean, you look at Chenango. They've played 17 games, won 15 of them. Yep. You know, this is going to be a wide-open class, I think, in terms of, uh, of talent. you got great talent on either side. I don't really think any of the bottom, like Adirondack or Hannibal, can make some noise. But anywhere between 4 and even 20. 4 and 20, I think, can make a decent run. Yeah, the, and, you know, And we've seen it last year, you know, with, uh, what was it, Grimes making it? Um, Grimes didn't have a good year last year. No, Grimes say. had a pretty solid year. But there were a couple teams that made... Uh, Decent runs and determined. I think VVS was a yeah. team on the Class B level that really made an impressive postseason run. Yeah, and and all it takes all it takes is you know just winning one game and then continuing that momentum. So that's yeah. that's usually all it takes. Mm-hmm. On to Class C. Um, well, actually, we'll take a break right now. We'll come back. We'll cover the remaining two classes of boys basketball. So we'll be right back with more players only presented by point guard advisors on ESPN radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1.
This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. We're back to close out yet another episode of Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse, 97.7, 100.1. And real quick, let's go through Class C and and Class C and D. Uh, we We start with Class C and... Like Class B, a lot of teams at the top. Yeah, uh, the top eleven teams, with the exception of Mount Markham at number nine, all have double digit wins. Mm-hmm. Even Sandy Creek at ten and eight is thirteenth uh, on uh, on the latest rankings here. Um, but looking at Little Falls is on top, Dulgeville at number two, uh, and Waterville and Weedsport at number three and four, Tully at five, and then Herkimer, mm-hmm. Elbridge, and Beaver River. Holy mackerel, this is a great class right here in Class C. Yeah, I mean, you look at, I'm surprised that Dolgeville isn't number one in the seedings because Dolgeville has had by far the most impressive uh, start and the most impressive resume out of any of these teams. You look at what they've done on the year, they have some fantastic players, uh, especially Cameron Comstock, uh, one of the best players on their football team uh, transitioning over to basketball. He was a star for them last year, and he's been playing out of his mind this year. Also, Michael Blasky, uh, another great player, and Tim Rankins, or TJ Rankins. Um, so, yeah, just three players there that really gives Dolgeville the advantage over every t- any team. And also, you can't count out Waterville with um, some star power there. So, this uh, the top of this Class C field is... There, it's got a lot of talent up there. Yeah, the only reason why Dolgeville is two and Little Falls is number one is that Little Falls beat Dolgeville yes, that's earlier true. in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, <laughs> this is a loaded class, mm-hmm. really loaded class. Um, in terms of a team that could make a run and mm-hmm. make a pretty decent run, maybe make some noise, I'm looking at South Lewis maybe at number 11. That's a good one. South Lewis is a team that I think could really surprise some people. Yeah. And, you know, really make some noise. I also like Mount Markham as well. Mm-hmm. They had a pretty decent run last year. Same thing with Beaver River. Um this is a this is a really good field. This is gonna be it's gonna be fun seeding these teams because, you know, they're gonna look at the brackets when they're released next week and people are gonna be like, Oh wait, our team should be number one or our mm-hmm. team should be number mm-hmm. two. And you know what? You would have great reasons to say that. Yeah, because a lot of these these this class is loaded with a whole bunch of talent, and I think it's going to be one of the most underrated classes in in this year's tournament field. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, one team that I mentioned as a sleeper on last week's show was Lafayette, behind mm-hmm. uh, star player Christian DeJoseph. But if I want to go even a little bit further down the list, uh, looking at Onondaga, only uh-huh. ranked sixteenth in the class D polls. But they have some talent there. Uh, seven and nine record on the year, but with players uh, Gabron Polk, um, he's uh, had a great start to the year. But he kind of came out of nowhere. But you could tell he'd been working hard over the off season. On the year, he's averaging uh, seventeen and a half points per game. And you've also got Sam Sam and Lucas McIntosh, as well as Najee Bay and Chasen Bass, the freshman. So uh, a very top-to-bottom roster, uh, talented all around for Onondaga. I don't think you can count them out yet. No, I don't really think you can count Onondaga out, and especially since you know the semis and finals are going to be at OCC, which is not that far away. Yeah. Not that far away. On to Class D now, and Sackett's Harbor, 
is on top of Class D like nobody's business. Seventeen and one. They've been holding on, on to that number year. one spot for a while. Yeah, really good. Hamilton is really good as well. Same thing with Madison. Uh, both teams at fourteen and two. Fabius Pompey's at thirteen and three at number four. Really good teams. Really good teams. Mm-hmm. One through eight looks really good. Even Copenhagen at number eight, eleven and seven mm-hmm. on the year. Belleville Henderson even at tenth right now. Yes, uh, is really good. Our good buddies, Old Forge, who made a great run in last year's tournament, mm-hmm. are the 15 seeds going to the the 13 champ- seed now. Uh, yeah, they were the At champions, or they were the runners, runners up last year. Yep, and they're mm-hmm. seven and nine on the year. Do they have another magical run in them? I mean, I could see it. You look at uh, Alex Williams, their senior forward. He's been another player who's been playing out of his mind this year. On the season, he's averaging a solid 12 points per game, uh, which for him, uh, that's a big step up from what he was doing last year. And then a bunch of players just uh, contributing a lot, including Price Morris. But overall, I think they've definitely got a shot. I don't know if they're going to make the sectional championship again, but I could definitely see an elite or a top eight or top four run. Yeah. I, I agree, and I think Old Forge, you know, as we learned from last year's last year's tournament, Old Forge had a fantastic run. They were the 15 seed. Yep. They upset what was then the number two. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that was like the second round in last year's bracket, if I yep. remember correctly. But they had a great run, finishing as runners up in in the Class D tournament. They were one game away from winning it all. One went away, and to 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 go from you know the 15 seed. Uh, to that point, you know, it, it sort of reminds me of the old NCAA tournaments, you know, Lehigh upsetting Duke. And the number two seed that they beat, Sackett's Harbor. Sackett's Harbor. Right up there on top which is now, Which is now the top seed. Now, the mm. thing is, if these seeds hold true and Old Forge remains at 13, they probably wouldn't face Sackett's Harbor until I would want to say either the quarters or maybe even the semifinals. Mm-hmm. Yep. If, if things go well for them, depending yes. upon how this bracket sets up. Mm-hmm. But imagine if it's Sackett's Harbor and Old Forge in the title game. And one team that's taken kind of a big drop is Cincinnati's team yeah. that won it all last year at the sectional level, uh, now ranked 23rd with a 2-13 and record. Yeah, that's so, a hard drop. Yeah. But they, they lost a lot of talent. Yeah, and that's what happens when you see year. a sectional team uh, with a bunch of seniors. You just yeah. uh, The talent just kind of fizzles out. Yep. But it all sets up to be what should be an exciting final week of the regular season across all winter sports, yeah. not just basketball. Uh, ice hockey's we mentioned earlier, teams are getting ready for the playoffs there. Volleyball is getting ready. Wrestling and, and boys swimming and diving is already underway. It's going to be one exciting final week. Mm-hmm. Make sure you stay tuned to us here at Players Only. We'll have... A good preview show coming up next week when yeah. we preview a lot of the main sports that are going to be happening with the brackets coming out essentially that same day Yeah, when we have our show. But until then, this is Matt Slocum and Ryan Story signing off for now. We'll talk to you again next week on Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1. Have a great rest of your Sunday, everybody.